Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, hello, my name is Bronson. Thank you so much for joining us at Church Online today. I want to encourage you in this time to be leaning into God more than ever before. Well, along with my wife, Gabby, we are the location pastors here at Elevation. And today we are going to be going into the book of Joshua. And we've been in a series called The Invitation, but I just feel God just telling me to pause that series just for a little bit. We'll come back to it. But today we're going into Joshua. So open your Bibles, turn with me. If you don't have them, the words will be just along here somewhere. Joshua chapter 1, 1 to 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river the Euphrates, all the way through the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now listen to this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua and the nation of Israel are right on the verge of crossing into a place that is called Canaan in the Middle East. And it's a promise that God had given to their ancestors many hundreds of years earlier. See, it's in Genesis 15 that God speaks to a man called Abraham and promises him the land of Canaan. And then sometime later in Genesis 26, he reconfirms that promise to Abraham's son, Isaac. And then in Genesis 28, to the grandson of uh, Abraham, who is Jacob, he promises the land of Canaan again. So from that time of the promise to Abraham and to now Joshua and Israel about to enter Canaan, there's around about 400 years and a large portion of that time they've actually spent as slaves in Egypt. And during their time there, they held on to the promise of God that one day they would enter this land. And when things hit rock bottom in Egypt, they cried out to God and God heard them and heard their prayers and came into their situation, their circumstance through a man called Moses. And Moses goes before Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. And I don't know about you, but you know, as we're in lockdown, it feels like we need a let my people go moment. But I want to reaffirm for us, I want to remind us, church, that God has already sent a savior for us. See, he saw our situation. He saw our tears. He saw our cries and our prayers and our despair. And he sent someone 
pay the price for our sins, and that is his son Jesus. He died on the cross for us, and he brings us freedom, spiritual freedom and eternal life, rescued, set free, and made a new creation in him. So I want you right now, just to wherever you are, to give God some praise. Come on, in your lounge room, in your car, if you're watching this on YouTube, give God some praise today. He is so, so, so good. Maybe today the gift of God's salvation through Jesus is available to you. Well, not maybe, it is. But you're watching this and you you don't know God in that way. You don't know him as your savior. Well, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus into your life at the end of my message so you could uh, receive him and walk in that new life with him. This is the second time that Israel is actually on the banks of the Jordan River. They've been here before, some 40 years earlier. But God had not allowed them to enter the land because of their disbelief, because of their lack of faith. And they then wandered 40 years in the desert. And God was with them during that time. And it's a tiny, it's a, it's a small space between Egypt and Canaan. But for 40 years, going around in circles and just waiting for that faithless generation pass away so that then a new generation could rise up to enter the land. But as I said, even during that period of time, and even even though they were going through the consequences of unbelief, God was still with them. He never left them. He didn't lead them on their own. He didn't walk out of them. He didn't desert them. No, he was with them, feeding them with manna and quail and bringing water from rocks and healing them when they got sick and their clothes and sandals didn't wear out. The scriptures say their clothes and sandals survived that whole 40 years. And even though they had to face the consequences of their decision, God was still with them. Maybe today, perhaps you're going through something right now. The consequences of a bad decision or you made you, you, you said something unwise or you result of a poor decision, but you need to remember this. No matter what you're going through, God is still with you. He's for you. He loves you. He's not going to leave you because you made a bad decision. He's not going to desert you because you were unwise. He, he's not going to walk out on you when life gets tough. God is always with you. He's always there for you. And so here they are on the cusp of this promise that they've held on to for 400 years, about to come true, centuries in the waiting, this is it. And I wonder if there's any people today, and in your life there's something that you've been waiting for. There's a promise that you believe God has given you. There's something that was said over your life, a, a prophecy or, or something along those lines. It was something that from Scripture that you held on to, like I said, a prophecy that someone spoke over your life. Maybe it was a moment where you felt the Holy Spirit speaking to you and leading you, a promise given to someone else that you're believing for, a child or a family member or a friend, and you're believing for them, your partner, your spouse. It's maybe your health or your finances or your relationships or career. I want to ask you, what's a promise that you're holding on to? I believe every person who follows Jesus Christ has had a time in their life where God has planted a seed, a promise, given them something to hold on to, to see God do in their lives and their loved ones. I've got several promises that I'm holding on to myself. The first promises spoken over my life over a long period of time, some in my late teens, some in my late 
20s, some more recent as I come out of my 30s into my 40s, God's prophecies over my life and prophecies about standing firm and having influence and ministry and increased wisdom. Others are prayers of promise, prayers that I'm holding on to, prayers that I pray for my children, that they would know God and follow him all the days of their lives, prayers for their future. Whether it's prophecies or prayers, I'm still holding on to and still believing for them to come to pass. I'm also holding on to this promise from Scripture, Matthew 6, 18. Uh, We've shared this recently. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. This refers to the disciple of Peter, but I I believe it refers to the children of God, the followers of Jesus, who are us today. It's a prophetic word for the church universal. And I recall a story my dad told when he was uh, uh, thinking about entering ministry, feeling the call of God on his life. And at that time, my parents were living in the Daniel Mountains, the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And one morning, he rose up to pray, as was his habit. He's praying for his family and his church and the call of God upon his life. And he heard God say to him, what about my city sunshine? God said to him, what about the western suburbs of Melbourne? And I want to encourage us, church, we're not just here because someone did a church survey or someone went along to a church planning conference or someone woke up one morning and thought it was a good idea to start a church in in the western suburbs of Melbourne. No, we're here today because because God's spoken to a person's life, God gave that person a promise to reach the nation, the, the, the city of Melbourne, to reach, reach West Footscray and Sunshine, all those surrounding suburbs. God gave that promise to someone, that person stepped out, and we are continuing to walk in that promise today. So I want to ask you, in your prayers that you pray, can you be lifting up our church, Elevation Melbourne West, Can you be lifting up, ask your pastors, can you be lifting up the congregation and our finances and be believing for salvations and souls and baptisms and families and couples and singles to be added to our church, for our finances to increase, for our influence to grow, for us to see God's promise come to pass for our church. Can I say it's not just a responsibility of the leaders or the pastors, it's a responsibility of the church, and if you're part of our church, that's you. You are the church, not the leaders, not the pastors. The people in the church are the church. And so today, it's our responsibility to believe and pray for God to move mightily in our church. So Jesus said, I will build my church, and I believe today he's building it right in front of our eyes. Even as we're in lockdown, and this year we've been in and out of lockdowns, and in church services and online church services. Even as all that's been happening, God has been doing some amazing things. I'm hearing stories of finances being released, of people's health being healed. I'm hearing stories of people giving their life to Jesus, not on a Sunday, but during the week. Just great, incredible things. Numbers are being added. It's so amazing. God is still bringing people into our church to reach the western suburbs of Melbourne for Jesus Christ. The best is yet to come. And I just want to encourage us today, encourage someone, encourage all of us, encourage a specific person, someone who's listening right now, don't give up at this time on the promises 
and the dreams that God has planted in your heart, that God has given you through a prophecy or Holy Spirit or through someone speaking to your life through a Bible verse, don't give up. God is with you. It might be weeks or months or years in the coming, in the making, but God will deliver on his promise. Can I say this? Israel waited 400 years and it came to pass. I pray that we don't have to wait 400 years, but I know God will make it happen. So they're right at the Jordan River about to cross in to Canaan and God reminds them of the promise. And then God says to Joshua, get ready. It's time to cross, time to possess, time to enter, time to receive. And God's still saying to his people today, some, I don't know, 4,000 years later, 3,000 years, 5,000 years later, God is still saying today, it's time. It's time to enter. It's time to let go. It's time to change. It's time to forgive. It's time to believe. It's time to step out. It's time to rest. It's time to arise. It is time. Maybe today there's people and God is saying to you, it's time. Maybe today God's Holy Spirit has been speaking to say, hey, it's time. It's time. And what is it that he's been saying to you? What is it that he's been saying to you to say, come on, it's time to change this. It's time to enter into this. It's time to step out of faith. It's time to leave the past behind. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. What is the Holy Spirit been convicting you of? And I would say this, if God the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, I would encourage you to listen and to do. Over those first 10 verses of Joshua 1, God is encouraging Joshua that now is the time to enter and take possession of the land. And in the space of those 10 verses, God says to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Come on, right where you are, say it with me. Be strong and courageous. He says it three times. Be strong and courageous. Say it. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Joshua has seen some wild things over those 40 years. He was there in Egypt when Moses came and the 10 plagues were sent upon Egypt. He was at the Red Sea when it was parted and he saw the armies of Pharaoh defeated and drowned in the waters. He was there when God led by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. He was with Moses when God etched the Ten Commandments into the stone tablets. He's seen the earth opened up and swallow thousands of people and then close back up again. Joshua has seen some things. He's seen God move in powerful ways. He's seen some wild things. He's been around the block a few times. He's a man of faith. He's a man of believing in God. And yet God still encourages and says to him, be strong and courageous. You know, no matter what you've seen or where you've been or who you've hung with, you're going to have moments in your life where you need to hear God say, be strong and courageous. When do we need to be strong and courageous? Let me share three thoughts with you today that I see coming out of Joshua 1 verses 1 to 10 and Israel entering the promised land. Here we go. They need to be strong and courageous to have increased trust in God. Number one, increased trust in God. God had been a great deliverer in taking Israel out of Egypt, but the generation who experienced that, they were gone. They died in the wilderness, in the desert. 
the 40 years that generation passed away and a new generation was born and rose up and they didn't know God, the God of great exploits. They heard the stories, but they'd not seen them. They'd not experienced them. That was all in the past. And they had to trust God that he would be with them, that he could provide food, water, and shelter. They could, and they could trust him for that. He'd been doing that for 40 years, but now they needed the God of the breakthrough, the God of the miracles, the God of set my people free, the God of the plagues, the God of power and might to come through and do his things that he does. So that was going to require increased trust in God. Be strong and courageous. There's people today in our church, in your life, there's people today listening and watching to this, and you need to know that God wants you to put your trust in him. You need increased trust in God. You're trying to control things, work it all out. Trying to figure out how it's going to go, your kids, your career, finances, relationships. You know, with COVID-19, you're looking around at the vaccinations and lockdowns and passports and can't leave your home and all these things that's going on and you're worried and you're anxious and you're confused and God's standing right in front of you and he's saying, trust me. He's saying, come on, be strong and courageous. I got this. Increase your trust in me. Are you going to trust me? Some of us need a revelation that the God who created the universe is more than capable of getting us through what we're facing. He's a God we can trust. Today, if you are finding it difficult to trust God, I want to tell you something from my heart. I have trusted God in some troubling seasons of my life, and He has always been there with me. Talk to someone you know who has faith in God. Ask them, why do you trust God? And I'll let you know they've seen Him. They've experienced Him come through in their lives today. You can trust in Him. So Israel need to be strong and courageous to have increased trust in God. They also need to be strong and courageous, number two, to fight battles. So far, their battle has been about surviving in the desert, in the wilderness. It was all about sand and sand and dust and wind and barrenness and the never-changing landscape. It was a hard life in the desert. But now their focus needs to change. It changes from the desert to the promised land. It changes from one battle of the elements to a battle against people. Literally battles to take possession of the land that God needed and had promised them. It's now about strategy and planning and weapons and training and strength and endurance and stamina. It was about adrenaline and fear and anticipation and worry and eagerness. It was about blood, sweat, tears, injury, death, maiming. And you've got to realize that these are not battle-hearted people uh, men, these are not the, the these are not the battle-hardened warriors that we read about with King Saul later on in Chronicles and Kings. This this is not uh, Joshua didn't have thirty men, the, the mighty thirty men that King David had. We read about those stories, men with great exploits. These were young men who had little experience in battles and warfare. Yes, they'd had some battles, but not not great campaigns that they were about to enter. And you know. There's moments in our life when God is calling us to fight battles. There's moments where God calls us to fight a battle. And I'm not talking about 
punching someone out. I'm not talking about standing up against the government or anything like that. I'm talking about battling in the spirit realm. See, where we rise up and push back against the devil's plans that stand in the way of God's mission and call for our church and our lives and our family. It's about standing up and pushing back on the enemy, saying in the spirit realm, no, this is God's kingdom. This is God's place. I declare in the name of Jesus, he is in control. Maybe it's battles within our own lives and our minds and behaviors or battles that our loved ones are facing. Whatever it is, these are moments of be strong and courageous. I'm talking to someone today. God is telling you, be strong and courageous. See, as we stir the Holy Spirit power within us and go into battle via prayer declarations, as we proclaim with our mouths that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, as we stand firm in our faith, there are battles there for God to call us to. And see, we need to realize that there's battles waiting for us, church. There's an opposition that will try to shut us down, but we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And we need to understand that God has already won the victory. God fights our battles. On the cross, Jesus Christ died, defeated death, defeated sin, defeated the principalities and powers. They were a defeated foe and they may still be fighting, but they're fighting a losing battle because God wins the day. Children of Israel need to be strong and courageous to fight battles. They also need to be strong and courageous to expand their territory. Up to this point, the Israelites were a nomadic people. They lived in tents and dwellings that could be easily removed and they'd move into an area for a period of time and then they would move on to that from that area. Like I said, they were nomadic. They had no experience in laying down roots. They had no experience in establishing towns or farms or setting up borders and owning territory. And yet, that is exactly what God is telling them to now do. He's giving them a land for their own possession with defined borders to the north, south, east and west. And as they entered the promised land and took possession, God was with them, but they had to expand their territory. And so the Bible says they first entered the central regions. Then they went down to the south and conquered those regions. Then they went to the north and took possession of those areas there. And all the time they're expanding their possession. They're increasing year after year, taking new ground, establishing ground already taken. And any battle that we face, fight or win is territory that God is calling us to expand into it, to take possession and to establish for his kingdom. In our flesh, in our desires, in our thoughts and in our words, in our attitudes, in our beliefs, God is calling us to expand, to push back the flesh, to push back the old way of thinking, to expand those areas with God's way of thinking, with the Holy Spirit's way of leading us. And as a church, we've been called to expand our territory. And our territory is not land and buildings. Our territory is souls, souls for the kingdom. People that Jesus Christ died in. Our territory is in numbers and influence. Our territory is in meeting people's needs. Our territory is in schools and universities and 
workplaces and homes. It's the souls. It's the people. It's, the, it's those that Jesus Christ died on the cross. It's those that God said, I don't want any to perish, but they should know me to take territory and to establish it for God's kingdom. Israel needed to be strong and courageous to increase their territory. So as I close today, I want to ask you, what is the promise that God is asking you to be strong and courageous? Where is he saying that you need to be strong and courageous today? Maybe it's in trusting God. Maybe it's in not lying down and just letting life happen as it happens, but in standing up and fighting battles. Maybe it's in the battles you fought to now expand into those areas and claim them for God. Perhaps it's in other areas that God is calling you to. You know, whatever the promise is that you're holding on to, wherever it is that God is speaking to you about, you need to hold fast to his word and know that he is with you. There's one promise that I'm so grateful that God made and it's a promise that he's already fulfilled. No matter who you are, where you've been or what you've done, there's a promise that God said and fulfilled and is available to anyone who asks. John 3, 16, we know it so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's God's promise to us. If we will believe in Jesus Christ, we will face eternity with him in heaven, in eternal life. It's the best promise that everyone's ever been given. I don't know about you, but I've been promised you know, better health by the doctor. I've been promised, you know, a better future by jobs that I've entered into. I've been promised great experiences by going overseas on a holiday, but none of those things have ever fulfilled me in the way that I thought they would. But there is one promise that does, God's promise to save you, to give you eternal life through His Son, Jesus. And it's the best promise that anyone's ever given. And it's the best promise that anyone could ever receive. It's a promise given. It's a promise fulfilled. It's a promise accomplished. Let's close our eyes today as I pray. God, today in our church, there's people that I believe you're saying, be strong and courageous. God, as we're in lockdown and there's many differing views and many opinions out there about what this means and so many different opinions about what it means for the church and for society and all those things. It's easy to get caught up with it and get caught in the echo chamber and to be fearful and to worry about what the future looks like. But your word says that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. Your word says, trust me. Your Bible says, fight battles, I am with you. Your Bible says, come to me. And so Jesus, today I pray for those followers of yours today, that they would be strong and courageous, knowing that you are with them, knowing, Lord God, that you have promised, made a promise in their life. God, I pray right now today that we would be strong and courageous. Any person, any man, any woman, any child right now, Jesus, that needs that affirmation, I pray, Holy Spirit, touch their life right now in a powerful way. Perhaps for you today, you're watching this for the first time, it's the first time you're in church, and your be strong and courageous is actually to make that decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're not sure about it, you're worried about what it means, you, 
you, you, you know people who have given their life to Jesus and you feel like, I, I don't want to do that because it means about all these things having to change in my life. You're anxious, you're worried. God's saying to you today, be strong and courageous. But you're not strong and courageous in your own strength. You're strong and courageous in God's strength. Today, I want to invite you, as you've been listening to this message, maybe God's been speaking to you. I want to invite you to follow Jesus Christ. That is the first step in a be strong and courageous life. And as you make that decision to follow Jesus, you start a journey that begins to impact your life in a powerful way, that begins to change you, make you a new creation. As God's Holy Spirit enters you, you find out, you realize that you love God so much that you don't change because you feel you have to, you change because you feel you want to. So today, if there's any person like that, I would ask you today to be strong and courageous, to invite Jesus into your life, to experience what so many people have experienced, a God who loves them, who's for them, fights their battles with them, who's given them a promise for their life, who would never leave them in the moments of despair, in the mountaintop moments, he is there with them today. If you want to do that, would you say a simple prayer with me? Jesus, I give you my life. Right where you are, say it with me today. Jesus, I give you my life. God, I pray right now, as any person's prayed that prayer, of Jesus, I give you my life. I pray right now, in this moment of being bold and courageous, that Jesus, you would come into their life that they would know that you are real, that they would experience your power this week, that they would see the God of might and power and great exploits move in their life to change situations, to open doors, to bring breakthrough, set them free from their past, to remove addictions, God. I just pray for that right now, Jesus, that you would come upon their life in a powerful way. And everyone said,